I'm not the house of cards that falls down easily Ooh, I'm strong enough to handle what you throw at me Welcome to Mental Health News Radio. I'm your host, Kristen Sunanta-Walker. Just what are we going to discuss? The intimacy that is mental health. Let's continue to make it as comfortable as discussing brain health or heart health. This show has been on the air for several years and we have amazing co-hosts. And then we created a network of podcasters on mentalhealthnewsradionetwork.com, a place where every possible facet of mental well-being can be talked about openly. My show, after several hundred interviews, the format is this. Intimate, deep, funny, touching, sometimes uncomfortable, but always vulnerable conversations with interesting people. The goal is to have you, our listening family, many of you who have become my good friends, feel as though you are listening in on private conversations. Thank you for tuning in and becoming part of this amazing journey with me and now with our network of podcasters. Just knowing this podcast might be helping any of you realize you are not alone on this journey called being a human being makes doing this podcast worth every second. Hi everyone, this is Kristen Sinanta-Walker and I am here with our incredible co-host of our Be Awesome series, Dr. Christina Hallett. Hello, Christina. (laughs) Hi, Kristen. We also look forward to these every other Monday, don't we? Yes, we do. It's one of the highlights of the week where we get to really (laughs) talk about the ins and the outs of being awesome and mental health, laugh, have a good time. And then we get to bring on these fabulous guests to expand the conversation. Absolutely. And today we have a colleague and friend of yours, Sharon Holland Gelfand, which thank goodness I said that completely correct. People (laughs) butcher my middle name all the time. So I totally understand the whole name thing. But um, Sharon, you are a functional nutritionist. And thank you so much for agreeing to come on the show. Thank you so much for having me. I love the energy between the two of you. And yes, I adore Christina. So I'm so excited to participate in the conversation. Absolutely. So, so I want to share. Yeah, you, I want to jump in. And Sharon and I, you know, let's, that's it. I'm just talking. That's all there is to it. Uh, <laughs> Sharon and I know each other well. We have done some work together in a variety of different speaker salons. I think that she is an amazing resource. And Sharon refers to herself as both a functional nutritionist and here's my favorite part, a healthcare disruptor. And I think that's really where we're going with all of this. So one of the things that I say to people all the time is if you want to be awesome, then you always need to do the basics. And I say that the basics, the foundational building blocks are eat well, sleep well, and move your body. Now, Mm -hmm. Sharon, I'd love for you to talk to us specific to your area about really when we think about those basics, eat well, sleep well, and move your body, where do you come in and where's your expertise? Uh, that is such a great question. And I, I love the whole eat well, sleep well, move your body because they are all connected. And my expertise comes in where with actually connecting the dots between the gut and the brain. So the eat well and feel well is connected. And sometimes we separate the two and we try to target them individually, but they're so connected and we overlook the components of a healthy gut when it comes to mental health. Mm. 
Yes, we do. And we forget to, because I know I've done this too, that if we don't continue to eat well, it is going to have an effect on our, on our mental health, not just that you don't feel good and you feel sluggish and all of that, but if you struggle with, you know, dopamine, all those happy brain chemicals are not firing the way that they should because of genes or what trauma, what have you, you do forget that, oh my gosh, uh, not only is this going to make me physically not feel good, but it's also going to affect how I feel inside my mind. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Right. Mm-hmm. That it totally changes the balance. And the other thing is, and I bet Sharon, you've got something to say about this, but when we're when we're in a funk or not feeling good, our go-to tends to be for things like comfort foods. Mm -hmm. And we know that for most of us, what we've got stored in our limbic system that's associated with comfort foods are things like high fat, high carb, high sugar. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. The trifecta. Yeah. Yeah. So what does that do to us? And why do we need to think about this a little differently? Uh, so it's so interesting because the high, the sugar, the fat, and um, the carbs, and even the salt, because that's part of it as well. Uh, it, they, the whole industry, the food industry, has changed how our receptors and our Pavlovian response is to foods because of those particular tastes. And so they create these foods to mimic what they want us to feel inside and want us to crave. But what's missing from all of that is the fact that our whole gut microbiome is its own little entity. It's a world of armies that nobody has bothered to look at and to try to connect those dots. So we have these cravings and these comfort foods that we can associate from childhood, from you know various things. But really what's going on is that the gut microbiome, it's like an army. So in the army, you've got the Navy, you've got the Marines, you've got the, the, the troops on the ground. Our gut has those same uh, factions, so to speak, that help to protect our bodies. And when we're inundated with stressors, and it's not just the, you know, you're eating the wrong foods or you're not sleeping well or you're not moving your body. It's also the um the outside stressors, the environment, the air that we're breathing, you know, the chemicals that we're breathing in, the what we're putting on our skin. So our body starts this offense to try to get rid of those invaders. And over time, if we're not able to do that, eventually they start sending, instead of shooting, they start sending out bombs. And with those bombs, there's all this collateral damage. And all these antibodies within our gut They don't know what to do, so they short circuit. That affects how the serotonin's produced. It affects how uh, the melatonin's produced. And because the gut is connected to the brain through the vagus nerve, everything just starts to go haywire. And the cravings then take over from all the bad bacteria that's in our gut. Because now they're coming in and saying, ha ha, you know, we've taken over. You better throw in the white flag. And, you know, it's, we're going to stay here and what we want, and we don't care what you want, but what we want is all that sugar, all that fat, all the carbs, and we won. So, you know, invaders attack, we're here, we're not going anywhere. And that's what we're missing is that we have to get to the root of all of that to reestablish a good gut flora so that we can 
have that help our brain and our neurotransmitters to be able to be more balanced. Wow, that was a mouthful. (laughs) (laughs) That was fabulous. So let me ask then, does that mean that if I'm someone and like, we talk a lot about the somatic aspects of stress, right? So something's going on in my life and I'm having a hard time with it and I get an upset stomach. Mm-hmm. When that stressor is occurring and I have an upset stomach, are my armies fighting against each other? They are. They are. And that's mm-hmm. actually such a great point of the way that you just described it because there's always that fight or flight, right? You know, you guys talk about it all the time and the the stressors that are affecting us and some start in the brain, some start in the gut. But once the gut gets that message, even from the brain through the vagus nerve, the gut, you know, those bad bacteria, which by the way, it didn't happen overnight. They've been an army that, you know, they've been preparing for years and years and years. And it's the slow little things that, you know, the achiness, the, you know, just not feeling well, that just builds upon. So this army does start to take over and it becomes almost unconscious because we're not really thinking about it. We're just reacting to it. Right. Right. Yeah. I was actually around someone's uh, not well child this weekend Mm -hmm. and uh, that and some of the food that was just available for everyone to eat. I knew not to eat it and I did it anyway because I was starving and I was at this (laughs) event. And this morning I woke up and I was like, I have not felt this awful in a long time. Now I know I'll get over it quickly because I eat really well and do the things you're supposed to do. But when you do take really good care of yourself physically and then you you sway from your regular routine, you I used to think this, I used to think, oh, I'll be fine because I eat so well that my body will just, you know, handle it. And that is not actually true. (laughs) (laughs) Right, right. Because our bodies feel awful. Yeah. Yeah. Well, listen, when we're all younger, our bodies are able to adapt so easily, you know, and uh, it, it goes from being able to adapt and then it tries to compensate and then it reaches this, this whole exhaustive state where, your whole axis is thrown off and the adrenals just go, they, they just go haywire. So right. it's, it becomes more complicated because then you start to think and fall into the whole premise of, all right, you know, just getting older. This is what happens. Right. <laughs> and, um, and then it just becomes this self-fulfilling prophecy of, you know, yeah, okay, I can expect this. So there's nothing I can do about it when well, there is. Yeah. So, and I want, cause I want you to talk about that. I know you have a great example from a commercial that you saw. Like I love when you talk about that. So I definitely want you to share that, but I just mm. want to tie this back for a second because all of that happens, Sharon, exactly what you're talking about. And then fall back into that pattern of not feeling well, not mm-hmm. eating well, we've got the cravings going. And mm-hmm. then what happens? Because then our emotional component is back Mm-hmm. And we, mm-hmm. we start beating ourselves up, right, Kristen? Like, oh, yes. why did I do that? Why yes. did I eat that way? See, I'm always right. going to feel this way. I make right. bad choices. And we get this negative feedback loop. You know, we think brain to gut, gut to brain, but we forget that that can work for us or mm-hmm. against us. And mm-hmm. the minute we give up, I think the minute we sort of give up hope and say, oh, yep, that's just the way it is. Or, mm-hmm. oh, look at me. How could I have made that choice? Like, how could I have had cake? Look how bad I feel. And if we then start off on that, and therefore I'm a jerk kind of mm-hmm. pathway, then the whole thing is getting worse. And we're making our armies fight each other even more. 
It's such a great point. And I know you and I've spoken about this, how it's all you need is one little thing to set you off, right? And then it just, it's this cascade of this, exactly everything that you said. Whereas why do we have to look at it in, in that punishment mode? Why can't we just shift the mindset of, all right, you know what? I had a piece of a cake. I indulged. I enjoyed. I, you, we're, we're so quick to be so negative, but we're just such a negative society yeah. <laughs> that it makes it so challenging that it's, um, yeah, and it's been drained, you know, um, drilled into our brains that we have to learn how to stop those tapes and replace it with something that's going to make us feel better. But yeah, food is always that first thing because I swear to God, we're born, you know, listening to this stuff and eating this stuff and. <laughs> Well, I think too, you know, you're born and what, what is the first comforting thing that happens, you know, once you come out of the womb, it's your mother's breast or it's a bottle and what's in that food. Right. Right. And, and it's true, right? Like we do actually need nutrition. It's not like you can say, well, that's it. You know, I'm just going to cut off food because clearly (laughs) that's a complicated kind of situation. It's like, we have to keep it. In fact, it's vital to what we do. Right. And then if you cut off food, that sets off another other mental uh, challenges, right? And conditions. So it's uh, it just goes hands in hands all the time. But, um, you know, that that advertisement that you mentioned that I that I love to talk about, it's just it's so fascinating because we do buy into all this stuff. And I actually had a friend who uh, I was talking to and she had a friend in from out of town. And I think we're so conditioned to just have the t- when we have the TV on, we don't really pay attention to the ads. It's almost white noise in the background. So this friend of mine said how her friend came in from overseas and was so appalled at all the commercials that were for medications and how everybody just looked so happy in these commercials. And I was like, oh, my God, that's exactly what I talk about is this reality of ads and TV trying to make us feel good that it's okay if you have a side effect. Uh, don't worry about side effects of nausea, vomiting, and diarrhea, because if that you have that, well, we have another medicine you could take for that, for those side effects. And it's just like one thing feeds to the next. And it's just, it's crazy that we look at it and we're like, Ooh, it plants a seed. Well, maybe now I have this, but yet we don't care because the people are smiling and you have this music playing and it, it feels like it's the sound of music and you should be like running through the field and singing. <laughs> right. As there's a caution, you may get ulcers. This could result in death, but we're unhappy. <laughs> there's that and there's also this, this societal prism that puts people in these different categories of what what beauty looks like and so Mm. if you don't meet this very well this completely unreal um it's not even real for the people that are posing you know for the pictures if you Mm -hmm. if you put everybody up to that standard and that is not what everybody's body shape is you know we all we come in all different shapes and sizes all different genetic codes all of those things but you try to push all of us to meet this standard that isn't real then we're talking about you know mental unwell (laughs) and and self-esteem issues from that too. And then what do we attack first when it comes to meeting that kind of a standard? We attack what we eat. Right, right. I actually just had this vision of, um, you know, the way that we view ourselves. And I, (laughs) I was thinking back to like the days of Michelangelo and all these portraits of all these 
big women and big men mm-hmm. and rolls of fat. I mean, nobody had a complex back then. <laughs> okay, gee, I wonder what they would think now if they saw those pictures of themselves. <laughs> Have you guys, right. is it, is it Dove who does like the, I forget what they call it, like the yes. real people? That is yeah. the best ever, right? That's advertising yes. that I think sends such an important message about how can we feel good about who we are and how can we recognize and celebrate each person for their beauty, their inner beauty and their outer beauty and trying to disrupt, as you said, Sharon, and shift away from there's only one mold. And so if you're a different color or a different size or a different something or other, well, then you don't meet the mold. And then therefore, oops, you're going to get discounted. Right. Right. And, um, you know, it's interesting because like Christina knows this story, but um, the reason I became a nutritionist was because my son was diagnosed with Crohn's and Mm -hmm. I wanted answers. And he was my big wake up call because at, at 11 years old, he wasn't feeling well when he was put on the first medication, he got worse. And he kept insisting that it was the medicine and the doctor kept saying that it was the disease. And part of me wanted to just, all right, listen to the doctor. But my son was so insistent. He wouldn't take no for an answer. And part of me realized like, wait a minute, why aren't I trusting my son who's trusting his own body? And why am I not stopping and questioning this particular medicine. And I'm glad that I did because he was right. It was the medicine. And Mm -hmm. I think it's a conversation that, you know, we always have to have and feel empowered, which is part of my whole (laughs) being a disruptor is not to be afraid to ask questions because we really need to understand and get to the root of it and, and know if it's right or not for us, our children, our families, because we have to take that power back. Otherwise you take one medication leads to another, leads to another. And before you know it, they each have side effects. They each deplete nutrients And then you want to try to fill it in with something else. And you've set up like this perfect storm in your gut that now has gotten so haywire that you don't know which came first, you know, the chicken or the egg. I was just going to say that. Exactly. (laughs) So I love the question, why eating healthy is not enough. So because people don't, I, when I read that, um, I have my own interpretation of it. Everybody has their own interpretation Mm -hmm. of that, but you're the nutritionist. So what does that mean for you? Uh, great question. So, you know, eating healthy, because I get this all the time from my clients. Well, I understand I, I eat a healthy diet and I exercise and I sleep right. And I ask them, what does that look like? You know, I'm eating my vegetables and I'm eating my protein and I'm having low fat and I'm having just a few carbs. But then you look deeper at, okay, you're eating well, but tell me now a little bit more about your life and your lifestyle. What are your stress levels like? How do you manage stress? How do you, do you, What's your self-care? What are your relationships like? Because uh, we, we create oxidative stress in our bodies from everything that's external and internal. And think about it like the Pac-Man machine. Do you remember those Pac-Man games where you put mm-hmm. the, the Pac-Man goes and eats up all the little circles? So mm-hmm. Pac-Man's the good guy. And all those little circles are all of these free radicals that are roaming in our body. And they're these individual molecules that get created from the stressful environment. So it's not just enough that you're eating food because if you're not managing your stress levels and your body's firing off all these different neurotransmitters that's disrupting the balance, the gut microbiome and the bacteria levels increase 
in a bad way. So you get like, it, it becomes dysfunctional. So even if you're eating well, if you're not managing your stress levels, if you're not doing anything for self-care, if you're not, you don't have that mindset, if you're not paying attention, there's so many bigger pieces to the pie that's greater than just the nutrition for health. And it's being able to look at all of those and bringing it all together so that you can have the whole pie, not just mm -hmm. a slice of it. I think too, with a lot of people, they just don't know. And I know I felt this too. Okay. So I should take more omega threes. I should take uh, H five HTP. I should take COQ, whatever. I'm, I'm not giving yeah. There you go. Yeah. Thank you. But you look at it and you're like, but how much should I take? How often do I, it's just this sea of, I don't even know where, you know, where I do now, thankfully. But you know, in the beginning, you're like, I don't even know where to start. It's, seems like Mount Everest. Yeah. And, uh, and I think part of that challenge is because of all these commercials and because of all these supplements and, you know, it's like one day you hear one thing that's good for you. The next day it's not good for you. Uh, you it, it's, you read something in a magazine and we want to take, and your case in point here, you know, you want to take the 5-HTP, but wait a minute, what is it? What does it do for me? Why am I wanting to take these things without understanding them? And it's really first testing your gut or going to the root of what can I start with? What do, what do I need to nourish my body? What can I give it that is going to be pro to build the good bacteria versus the bad bacteria? And so many people want to start with supplements and I don't <laughs> uh, oh. because I need to understand what's going on. I, don't get me wrong. There are definitely like everybody needs omega threes because we don't get enough of the um, anti-inflammatory fats, good fats in our diet. But you know, for somebody who's come to me and says, you know, well, I'm not sleeping well. I, you know, what melatonin brand do you recommend? It's like, wait, you're not sleeping well. Melatonin's produced in the gut. Let's talk about first why, what's going on before you start taking melatonin. Because if your gut's in this dysbiosis melatonin's not going to do anything for you because you need to get to the root of it. And it's the same thing with 5-HTP, which is actually a precursor for melatonin. And so it's looking at what can I see in my gut and what I do that sets functional nutrition apart from regular nutrition is I do specific gut testing to really see what, what's the gut saying? What's the bacteria saying? Do you have any types of pathogens? Do you have any types of dysbiosis that's going on? Because once you can get a map of that, you know where to go. It's like you wouldn't get into a car and say, I'm in New York. I want to get to California. I'm just going to drive and see where this road takes me. <laughs> <laughs> and look at that. I'm in Louisiana. How did that happen? Yeah, how did that happen? <laughs> you know, or, oh, my God, I, I did, there was a time not too long ago when I lived um, up in Westchester, people were driving cars that had the GPS telling them to make a right as they got off the exit. And the right off the exit was onto these railroad tracks. And I, <laughs> let me tell you, three people, it was in the news, three people listened to the GPS and drove into the railroad tracks. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Because I, they didn't I... know where they were going. They didn't have the right roadmap. <laughs> to get them to the destination. And I remember reading this thinking, are you kidding me? <laughs> See, I love that because literally as a psychologist, I'm always like, I'm thinking hypotheses and experiments and data. And so I listen to yeah. that, Sharon, and I think, oh yeah, like, why do you want to start 
fixing something that you don't even know what it is yet. Like, you know, or I think about, I think about (laughs) building things with my husband, right? Like if we're putting a grill together, you know, he wants to just put it together and not read the directions. And I'm like, no, how about we lay out all the parts and what goes where? And then we follow the directions. So we're not having to go back and move this piece that we finally got in, but it didn't fit quite right into some other place. Cause oops, it was on upside down and backwards kind of thing. Right. And so we're like getting, what's the baseline? How are things? Yes. And then understanding that unique aspect of who we are, because mm-hmm. I bet while there's similarities, my gut and Sharon, your gut and Kristen, your gut, I bet each one of ours needs something a little bit different. Yes. Yes, it's true. I know, I know no one likes commercials, but seriously, folks, without the help from these organizations, we could not stay on the air. Please give a shout out to zencharts.com. If you're a mental health or addiction treatment center, you'll want to use their EHR. It's gorgeous. And they're just good people. And also MyGenetics, M-Y-G-E-N-E-T-X.com, because knowing your genetic code empowers your mental health treatment. And lastly, CopeNotes.com. We love getting positive messages right to our phones every day from Johnny Crowder. He's the lead singer of Prison, a heavy metal band sharing their music about suicide prevention, addiction recovery, and mental health. See, that was painless. Support them as they support us. Back to the show. My gut and Sharon, your gut and Kristen, your gut, I bet each one of ours needs something a little bit different. Yes. Yes, it's true. There are definitely common denominators that I see when I do the testing that is your foundation. But yes, everybody's different. So what's good for one person, especially when you're on medications, you have to be even more careful. So what's good for one person is certainly not going to work for the other person. But it's knowing that and then from that, really just listening to you and stop reading these advertising claims and these marketing claims. Like I, you know, is organic great? Yeah, sometimes, but not all the time. And it's just learning to look at something and say, does this serve my body? What am I going to get from it? And of course, it's always like eat the perimeter of the supermarket. Don't go down the aisles because <laughs> if it's sitting on a shelf, God knows what it's how long it's going to sit in your body. <laughs> right. And how many preservatives are in it. I love the the um, the piece about because it, it brings it back to what you were talking about with your son, you know, listening to your own body yeah. because we don't. Mm-hmm. Uh, that has become unnatural in many cases for many, many people. It was for me for many years. And we just blindly take information from a medical professional, which in some cases is a wonderful thing. And in Mm -hmm. other cases, it's not. So the whole piece about driving onto railroad tracks, the psychology of that, Christina, I'm sure you, you know, I, I used to say this to a relative of mine, why is it that your brain stops functioning the moment that that freaking thing gets turned on? Like mm-hmm. you, you literally were going to drive into a wall. You, it's great to get directions for things. However, you have to have an identity. That's your identity that will tell you stop. Right. That's yeah. a wall. Don't turn it into that. I don't care what this thing says. And if you don't work on that, you're you're not going to listen to anything about how to take care of your gut and anything else. Right. So you're creating, a, in fact, a dependency on something and outside of you, yeah. missing your own knowledge. Mm-hmm. So Sharon, 
We love to share stories. I'm going to share one. I do my best to not get into TMI area. But a couple <laughs> of years ago, I was having some significant stomach issues. And so we were in the midst of sort of figuring out what was going on. And two things about this experience are pretty interesting for me. Um, and one was that, it, and this is sort of the end piece, that after we figured out what it was and I made some changes, uh, and at the time they said, hey, this is uh, celiac disease and also something called lymphocytic colitis. So they started me on a medication. I love my doctor and he was fabulous. And I noticed on the medication that I really didn't feel well, similar to mm-hmm. your son. And so I called him and I said, Hey, you know what? I'm done with this. Uh, I'm going, here's my plan. I'm going to titrate down, blah, blah, blah. And this is what I'll do. And he said, yep. It, you know, that like you get to make that decision. Hooray mm-hmm. for him for really doing that. And one of the things that I discovered after the fact was that there had been this underlying emotional issue regarding a conflict with someone else in my life. And Mm. the thing that I dealt with after the fact was sort of letting go some of these, what I think of as like emotional ties Mm -hmm. or emotional anchors Mm -hmm. to that thing. And so that was the work I actually did. Like as I was coming off the medicine, it had struck me, there's this emotional piece. And so I was really working on that. So I come off the medicine literally months before I'm supposed to, and I don't, I'm fine. I don't have any more symptoms. Like all of that is great at the same time as that energetic release. But here's the TMI piece that I just want to share with you guys, because during this time, all of a sudden I discovered I couldn't eat watermelon. Like watermelon, what is wrong with watermelon, right? That seems like a perfectly good thing. But the minute I would have watermelon, I would become violently ill. And Mm. so it was paying attention in the moment, not Mm -hmm. just to what people were saying. Like no doctor said to me, well, Christina, the one thing you need to do is stay away from watermelon. Like I was already (laughs) doing gluten-free, right? So I'm doing, don't do this, don't do process, don't do gluten, don't do that, blah, 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 blah. And, you know, I'm thinking watermelon? Like, you know, I can't possibly drink enough water to stay as hydrated given what was going on. So I thought watermelon would be an option. Yeah, that was a bad, bad choice. But, you know, if we don't pay attention to the things that our body is saying to us, we get these fabulous messages. Hey, this didn't work. So I figure we have a choice. We can look at sort of what's the emotional situation that's going on when something didn't work well for us physically in our body? What's the the food, sort of the physical situation? And what's our thoughts about it? And if we're looking at what the actual food is, what any stressors are, and what our thoughts and our feelings are about it, then we can really develop that awareness. Mm-hmm. Such a great point, because it's so, I think it's true for every single person that when we have so much emotional stuff going on and we have issues and our challenges in our body and we're disconnected, we don't even realize we have a choice. It's like you just don't know what you don't know, right? It just that's just the way it is with everything. Like like when my son was diagnosed, like I didn't know what to ask until I started to do my own research. And and even with that, I didn't realize that I who I felt I was healthy. And I had a lot of challenges as well. You know, I'm a first generation American. My mother's a Holocaust survivor. I didn't even know I had issues about that until this. And then I had, I have a pituitary adenoma. It's a benign brain tumor in my pituitary gland. So I was on medications for that. I was on so many different medications that I had compartmentalized 
which I think we all do because we're just in this motion of going all the time, of doing, of getting things accomplished, of just trying to reach the end of the day. (laughs) And so when we're told to take this, and I literally, I have like a punch list of all these different things that I was on for migraines and eczema and IBS and anemia and thinking I'm healthy, but until my son was diagnosed and helping him and having it wake me up and say, whoa, wait a second, what am I not paying attention to? As you, Christina, realizing, wow, here's one opening. Once you start peeling back that layer, then it's like, oh, what's this emotional part? I don't like the way that feels. Let me investigate that. But I think that we just get so overwhelmed and consumed with so much that we almost don't want to know. We don't, we just yes. almost, we just want to just put the blinders on and be like, nah, 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 and just like full steam ahead because sometimes doing the work is overwhelming and scary. Right. If you already feel overwhelmed, definitely. Yeah. I was just going to say, but then that, you know, with people who do go through this as even, you know, you were just sharing, Christina, I know for myself, when you do go through it, it's so much freedom because now it's been released and now you have the space to really pay attention and do what you're supposed to do and create your purpose or whatever it means for you individually. And that's the whole beauty of the whole journey. Absolutely. Absolutely. I think too, um, one of the things that I've talked about with my own therapists and different therapists over the years that we don't tend to pay attention to because we're so on a hamster wheel or we can be. And just because we get off a hamster wheel doesn't mean we aren't going to get back on another one about a different Mm -hmm. situation. (laughs) But you can have, you can have past events that have happened that have been extremely traumatic enough to give you a diagnosis of PTSD. And if that event happened, you know, a year ago or two years ago or whatever, your body remembers those events. And then all of a sudden, you know, a year later or two years later, you're like, why do I feel so awful? What is going on? Mm -hmm. I've I've heard this so much from listeners and I've dealt with it myself. And just the acknowledgement of, oh, this is the date. We're approaching the date of that Mm -hmm. event. So maybe I need to give myself a little bit of a break because I'm just not going to feel good no matter what. And, you know, those kind of things, too. Right. And to look at it in a positive way of, okay, this is okay. It's self-care as opposed to beating ourselves up of, oh, my God, I can't believe I feel this way. Right. Right. Exactly. You know, uh, actually two things. Let, let me see if I can get them because there's something pretty awesome. Uh, I saw a comment by Simon Sinek this morning where he said mm-hmm. the key to a deeper, healthier life isn't knowing the meaning of life. It's building meaning into your life. And I, so first of all, I love that, right? It's oh, about meaning. But what he was doing was quoting an article that I think was in the New York Times today. And it really has to talk about, it's talking about positive psychology and well-being and how do you create well-being in your life. But here's this little piece that they talk about. So purpose and meaning are connected to what researchers called uh, eudaimonic well-being, right? So this particular kind of well-being as opposed to hedonic well-being, which would be happiness. So there's this Mm. more deeper, more durable, 
overall well-being, not just a more brief state of happy. But what it says, and this, Sharon, just made me think about you, is that people who have high scores on that deeper well-being have low levels of pro-inflammatory gene expression. But those who are higher on the hedonic pleasure or just that brief happiness have the opposite. They have high levels of pro-inflammatory gene expression. So that even neuroscience, even the the details of our body and our brain and how that all works together are saying, yeah, we need to pay attention. We need to deal with stress, use our voice. We need to have, create meaning and purpose in our lives. And that's individual to each of us. And Mm -hmm. that's going to make our body function better. And when our body functions better, we feel better. So we're more willing to do more and we get to get the positive feedback loop. Mm. I love that. I love that. That's just, uh, it's so spot on. I have to go read that article. <laughs> yeah, I right. know. What, what's the article again? And did it give a link to the test? Uh, no. Uh, well, not that I saw. Look, I just found the part that mattered to me, you guys. <laughs> Isn't that what we all do? Uh, yes. It's in the New York Times and it's called Finding Purpose for a Good Life, but also a Healthy One. Gotcha. Okay. So, but if I haven't mentioned this before, and I don't know that, Kristen, I don't, have I talked about the values in action character survey before? No, uh-uh. definitely. Oh, oh my God. That. Let me throw this in. Okay. So everybody needs to do this because it's all, it's connected to all of this. So uh, Dr. Marty Seligman, he's the guy who really mm. sort of started off the positive psychology movement. He was a president of the American Psychological Association, and he's been doing work now for decades. There's a whole master's in applied positive psychology through UPenn. So all of that, there's all that, and there's all sorts of different tests. And one of the websites that you can go to, I mean, you could just look for V as in Victor, V-I-A, which stands for values in action. That could be straight Google. Or you can the actual link is viacharactersurvey.org. And what this is, is a link to the 24 character survey that you, and there's a short version and a long version. I really recommend that people take the longer version. And what it's based on is that every single one of us has these 24 character strengths. We all do. So unlike a lot of other psychology that talks about where you have deficits, this is looking at these 24 character strengths that everyone has, but we all have them because of being individuals in different degrees, right? Mm. And when you take it, the best thing you get is not just 24 things that are good about you, that are character strengths, but you also get your what's called your signature strengths. The top five are your signature strengths that are really the, the strengths that you use most in your life or that have the most meaning for you. And so you can look at this list and say, oh, wow, like those five, those top five, that's exactly how I want to be. How else can I implement them in my life? And the research shows that really makes a difference in beginning to feel better. Or you look at the list and go, hey, these are my five, but I really want to move some of these other strength areas up. Like they, I want them to be my next focus for personal growth. And so you can use it in that way. And to me, this is so valuable because most of us can create a, the list of what we don't like about ourselves or what we think isn't good about ourselves. And that's usually a pretty long list. But when it comes to what do we think is good about ourselves, a lot of people struggle about that or mm-hmm. 
even if you're not struggling now, I guarantee you've had times where you're like, meh, there's like nothing on my list. You know, like, what do I like? Ah, I don't know. I like my eyes. Right. And then there's nothing else. You're like, no, no, there's way more to you than that. And, you know, those are some of the concepts behind own best friend and be awesome is really knowing your strengths. And right. so, so this is a, fabulous, free, completely accessible tool to begin to say, hey, what are my strengths? And then guide us into figuring out like, where do we want to focus our attention? And it's dealing with the mind aspect of our mind-body connection. So that just like Sharon was saying, we can feel better about ourselves. And then I can guarantee that means then we're seeing something different in our gut biome. Mm -hmm. So true. It is because our thoughts can change things. And you hear about miraculous recoveries of people who have cancer. Um, it's very strong, you know, all of this neuroplasticity, the epigenetics, and really how we can start transcribing. But it's like that first thing is just the awareness and the ability to just be still with yourself so that you can listen to you and tune in. Mm, I love yeah. this. I'm taking this uh, survey. I can't wait. Oh, yeah. I, know. Oh, I, I might do <laughs> this super tonight. Fun. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I, we love to give out tips of things that people can do, yes. and that's definitely one of them. Um, the other thing, Sharon, you said something earlier, and I just want to highlight it because I can't get it out of my brain. You talked about when uh, you were exploring with your son and listening to him, you talked about how important it is to ask questions. And Kristen and I just did a show really on using your voice yeah. and speaking up and how important that is. And so I want to connect this in because it doesn't matter to me what area it is of our life. We've got to be committed to using our voice. And what I heard that was so interesting was that in many ways you looked at this differently and used your voice to ask questions and learn about your son. And it was only after that, that you then began to use your voice and ask questions about your own health. Mm -hmm. Don't we do that for our kids? And that's so yeah. common. <laughs> yeah, it's so true, right? We, we do it for our kids all the time. And, um, and I think what's interesting and also just in terms of the tips uh, you know, that you give your listeners is that, you know, the idea of paying attention and tuning in, you know, the, the expression of, um, you know, gut instinct and that intuition, it's real, you know, people kind of dismiss it, but you, you get that sense internally. And that's like the first thing that you need to do is, is listen to it and then be aware of like, Hmm, what was that? And explore it. And in my case, it was, the doctor just not giving me enough of an answer that was that felt was helpful. And every time I kept coming back with more questions like probiotics. And this is, mind you, this was like 12 years ago because my son's 23 now. But probiotics, like she's like, yeah, you know, you don't need to take anything, just the medicine. And my gut reaction, no pun intended, just kept getting stronger and stronger that I was just like, oh my God, I, I eventually switched doctors, <laughs> but I needed to, yes, I needed to ask the questions and, and she was not liking that I was, um, you know, just questioning her. And that's when you start to realize there are some people who are great. Don't get me wrong. I love doctors. They save lives. My sister and brother-in-law are both doctors and they're, they're fabulous. But for each person who finds a practitioner 
that does not answer their questions because of their egos, or they just don't have the time because they're so overbooked. It's our responsibility to really start doing the research and asking the questions and finding what works for us. And we keep going back to it individually because mm-hmm. what's good for one person is not good for the next person. What an honoring of yourself too, to, to take things that far for yourself. Mm-hmm. That's something that I've, I've been like, well, wait a minute, instead of getting on my case about why I keep even to words that I would use to think thoughts were like, oh, you just keep obsessing over this thing. You know, you should just get over it already, get over it. And I just flipped the switch with therapy because therapy is wonderful of you're not obsessing, you're curious and you, this is how much you care about yourself. Mm-hmm. And hey, that's a sign that it really, I was, it was like, oh, this is a good thing. I'm going to stop punishing myself for doing something good. <laughs> Right. Look at you. You're paying attention, right? Like you're willing to care enough to pay attention to be thoughtful or to be clear about it. And then doing that with some self-compassion so that instead of saying, oh, I can't believe I'm doing this, but oh yeah, like actually it matters to me to find out about this or to do this because that actually seems like a pretty sensible thing to do. Right. Right. (laughs) And then on top of that, when you do that and you start to feel a, a a more calm place, you know, more peaceful, you can breathe, then you're not reacting as much so that if somebody, especially with kids um, or significant others, family situations where somebody might have pushed a button before, you can just have the space to not let it bother you or be aware that hmm, something about this is pushing my button, but I'm not going to react. So your relationships improve that you can listen and be present. It's all about, right, that that connection of being present and honoring that. It's it's that's why yeah, that's why it's so much greater than just the the food part. Um I have so many people whose lives are falling apart and I'm the healthiest eater. I just don't understand why. Right. Right. <laughs> And that's why I thought it was so important for you to come on and talk with us because, you know, we do tend to put things in these silos, right? There's like whether or not I eat well or whether or not I'm attending to self-care or whether or not I'm changing my thoughts, but they're all so inextricably bound together. We can't, we can't separate us. We don't become just a stomach, right? Mm-hmm. And our brain and our emotions are somewhere else, right? They're all connected. Like we can't pull them apart, but we treat them as if we could. Right. right. It's so true. Oh my gosh. Talk about being awesome for yourself. That's it right there. Oh yeah, absolutely. The funny thing with me is that, um, when I first switched careers and started to go out to dinner with friends, uh, <laughs> they would uh, start ordering things like, oh, Sharon, don't judge me. And, and to this day, it comes out of people's mouths, don't judge me. <laughs> and and I'll order, I don't drink wine really anymore, but even uh, if I have like a vodka soda or something, or, or I feel like having that flatbread pizza, but I know my body, I know how I take care of it. Uh, to this point, already at this point, people like my friends get it. But at the beginning, they were like, "Wow, you 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 eat that stuff!" Right. <laughs> and then I'm like, "Wait a minute, now are you judging me?" <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, "Oh my yeah. god, I need therapy now." <laughs> <laughs> so funny. 
Well, I know that you have a guide on your website, so and I know I'm going to need to download it. So tell everybody what it's called, and because that the big piece that I love about this so much is um, you're like, let's not get into diet stuff. That's not the direction to go in, and that's so the opposite of what we're you know, oh, we're yeah. told every time you turn on, that's why I was so depressed when Oprah went on and was like, Weight Watchers. I was like, no, not you too. Um, but please yeah, tell it's WW. Yeah, 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 exactly. So tell our listeners where they can find that great guide yeah. that I'm going to download too. Sure. It's uh, you go to my website, Sharon Holland with one L.com. And I have a free guide that's break free from cravings, diets, and deprivation. Because you're right, I don't believe in counting calories. I don't believe in depriving ourselves. And it's great tips on how to get started and action steps that are so simple. And being able to connect to yourself, it's, uh, it's I love that guide. So yeah, it's my <laughs> <laughs> Terrific. Well, I will download it. So I'm sure our listeners will too. And um, Christina, again, you know, thank you for bringing your, um, your peeps on so that my listeners that are now your listeners too can get the benefit. You know, some pretty awesome people. I truly do. And there's going to be more to come. So, you know, <laughs> really, we are always going to have a good time. And we're because we're total people. I mean, you know, I can't say that enough. When we want to be awesome, when we want to truly live our best life and to keep growing and changing, yes, we need to do that with compassion. And yes, we need to understand that it's a process and we'll never be without stress. But we also really just need to recognize that as a whole person, we're mind, body, and spirit. And so we won't ever just focus on one area. We're going to say, yeah, we, we look at the whole package so we get the whole package so we can truly live the way we want to live. Mm, amen to that. Absolutely. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> Well, Sharon, thank you so much for coming on our Be Awesome series. Oh, thank you so much for having me. It was wonderful, and uh, I appreciate this. Thank you for giving me the space. Sharon, Absolutely. you're a delight to have, and thanks for sharing all of your knowledge. Thank you. <laughs> all right. And, my pleasure. <laughs> and to our listening family, tune in for another show that we'll do with Dr. Christina Hallett on our Be Awesome series on Mental Health News Radio. Thank you. Without good intentions, I heat up and act on my emotions. Thanks so much for listening to Mental Health News Radio. Our podcast can be found on iTunes, Stitcher, and hundreds of other podcast apps. Or you can visit our website at mentalhealthnewsradio.com. If you have a question or would like to be a guest, become a podcaster on our network, or join the amazing organizations that help keep us on the air, please email us at info at mhnrnetwork.com. Get ready for that special goodbye from our resident therapy dog, Miles, and a special thanks to Emily Sohn for letting us use her incredible song, Cordial, for our podcast music. Listen to the full song on SoundCloud at emily.sonne. Don't be surprised when I don't hate on you. After all, we promised we'd be cordial. Sometimes in you, I can fight it. Good boy.